This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. I'm Stuart Finlay. Welcome to the Life Study Program on Free FM 89.0. Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee is a program produced by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California, and brought to you by the Church in Hamilton. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work for Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in God's Word. We hope that through these studies you'll get a deeper appreciation of the Scriptures and our dear Lord Jesus. Today, Ron Kangas joins Witness Lee for our study in the Gospel of John. The title is The Organism of the Triune God in the Divine Dispensation. The verses are John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. If you'd like to contact us, our telephone number is Hamilton 853-2620, which we will repeat again later. Now here's Witness Lee and Ron. With us on the program again today is Ron Kangas. Ron, before we come to chapter 15 of the Gospel of John, I wonder if you could give us a quick overview of what we saw in chapter 14. We are going to find out today that these two chapters are quite related, so I think it would be helpful if we had a good review. Chapter 14 of John has as its focus the dispensing of the triune God into the believers of Christ for the producing of God's abode. In order to touch the heart of chapter 14, we need to drop the traditional concept that the Father's house with the many abodes denotes heaven. Uh, Simply put, the Father's house denotes the Father's house which is his habitation, his dwelling place, uh, elsewhere called quite distinctly the church of the living God or the temple of God. So the emphasis in chapter 14 is how Christ in resurrection as the spirit of reality comes into the believers, dwells in them and enables them to dwell in God And the result of this mutual indwelling is the producing of God's dwelling place. So the Lord begins by pointing out that there is a place and there is a way. Uh, The place uh, is God himself. And in particular, the place prepared for us is a dwelling place in the triune God and in the triune God expressed Uh, in his house. And the way into this marvelous dwelling place is the Lord himself. So first he presents himself as the embodiment and expression of the Father. Then he makes it very clear that in order for us to be in him, and in order for him to be in us, and not merely among us, he would need to go through crucifixion and come in resurrection to be the indwelling spirit of reality. As such a spirit, 
He can be in us, we can be in Him, and this mutual indwelling carried out through the divine dispensing produces the Father's habitation, His house, His dwelling place. And the amazing thing is, that house, that habitation, that dwelling place is also our dwelling place, with the result that we dwell in God, God dwells in us, in a single organism, which is a mutual abode. This is the crucial revelation of chapter 14 of John. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study message of the Gospel of John. We shouldn't consider that chapter 15 is uh, a separate portion of the Holy Word because all these three chapters, 14, 15, and 16, are one message given by the Lord in the night when he was about to be arrested. No doubt uh, this is a full continuation of chapter 14. I do believe, first of all, you uh, might be surprised with such a strange term, organism. You would ask me, what's that? What's this, brotherly organism? Maybe you have never heard about this. We have to realize the difference between an organization and an organism. You see, this table is an organization with so many wooden pieces. This is the organization. Why? Because there's no life. Our body, apparently, is also an organization, but it is more than an organization because we have the uh, organs and we have the life, we have organic system. So this is something living with life. It is not just an organization, but an organism. The body of Christ is an organism. And this organism is likened to what? To a vine tree. The grape vine is used as a figure of this wonderful organism. Within this vine tree, you have the tree itself, and you have all the branches. And the tree itself, we are told by the Lord himself, is just himself. He is the tree. And uh, the branches of this tree are we, right? Who are the branches? Today, this universal vine tree has so many branches, and these branches are just his branching out. When he was on this earth, he was just a little man located at the certain spot, that's all. But today, look at his branching out. Praise the Lord. Throughout the whole world, there is the branching out of this vine tree. This is 
not an organization. This is an organism. Let's pause right here, Ron. This chapter opens up another marvelous picture, a picture of the divine organism. What we first saw in chapter 14 is unveiled for us in chapter 15 in quite a fresh way. Could you explain this a little more for us? One of the significant connections between these two chapters is the first part of John 15:4, Abide in me, and I in you. Uh, two things here. First, and obviously, is the matter of abiding. This harkens back to the abodes in chapter 14, that the abode is our place of dwelling in God, and the abiding is our experience of dwelling in God. The second matter in these uh, in this verse is the mutual indwelling, abide in me and I in you. So once again, we have the thought of a mutual abode. But in chapter 15, instead of speaking of the Father's house, we have a full revelation of the vine and the branches as the organism of the triune God in the divine dispensing. So the thought here is altogether focused on a living organism composed of the triune God embodied in Christ, who is the real vine, and all the believers as the branches of Christ, who, together with the vine tree, make up the totality of this organism. So just as the Father's house is a corporate entity in which the triune God and the believers dwell in mutuality, so the vine as the organism of the triune God is also a corporate entity in which the triune God and the believers as the branches dwell as a corporate entity. There is a difference in function, however, in that the house is God's dwelling place for his rest and satisfaction, whereas the vine is for the Father's glorification through fruit-bearing and uh, propagation. But the underlying concept is the same. That is, the triune God and the believers in Christ together make up a corporate organic entity as a mutual dwelling place. On the one hand, for the Father's rest and satisfaction. On the other hand, for the Father's glorification through the release and dispensing of his rich life. Let's return to Witness Lee. Now we all understand the right meaning of the word glorify, to get the inner life, the inner riches released from within and expressed. So the vine and the branches being an organism to glorify the Father by expressing the riches of the divine life. When the vine tree bears clusters of grapes, by that time, the riches of the divine life will be expressed. And that expression is the glorification of the Father. 
because the Father is the divine life. The Father is the source, the substance of that vine tree. Without the fruits, the vine tree's essence, substance, life would be concealed and confined and hidden. But by so many clusters of fruits, the substance, the riches of the inner life will be expressed. I say again, to express the inner life in this way is to release the divine substance from within. And this is the glorification of the Father. Now we come to the vine. The vine is God the Son. He is the center of God's economy, of God's enterprise, of God's operation. God in the whole universe has an operation. And this operation is his divine business, his divine enterprise. And uh, the sin is the very center of this enterprise. This vine is the embodiment and the manifestation of the Godhead. Surely you have to read Colossians 2.9. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in the sin bodily. And John 1, 18, we all know this verse. No man has ever seen God, but his only begotten has declared him. Embodied in Colossians 2, 9, and manifested in John 1, 18. So this very Son of God, who is the universal divine, is God's embodiment and God's manifestation. Let's break in here, Ron. We just heard that the vine in John 15 is the embodiment and manifestation of the Godhead. I wonder if you could develop this a little more for us. This is quite a deep point. It is indeed a deep point, and we need to to tread with some genuine humility here. But nevertheless, trying our best to give a faithful testimony of what we see in this portion of the Word. The Lord said unequivocally, I am the vine. So he himself is the vine tree. But the message goes on to say, according to the revelation in this chapter, that the vine is the embodiment of the triune God. To see this, we need to follow the principle of interpreting Scripture with Scripture to bring in Colossians 2.9, which says that in Christ all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. Well, the Christ in whom the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily, in Colossians 2.9, is the very Christ who is the vine in John 15. So the vine, which Christ is, is an expression of Christ as the embodiment of the triune God. It's very significant that this uh, embodiment of the triune God, 
is presented as an organism. And this organism, the vine, not only embodies all the fullness of the Godhead, it manifests all the fullness of the Godhead. That is, through its spreading, releasing, propagating, and multiplying the divine life from the vine through the branches into new believers, it manifests the marvelous triune God embodied in this organism. In summary, let's focus on the two crucial words, embodiment and manifestation. On the one hand, the triune God is embodied in Christ as the true vine. Thus, the vine is God's embodiment. On the other hand, the triune God is manifested in Christ as the true vine. Thus, the vine is the triune God's manifestation. So here we have, in this marvelous figure of the vine as the divine organism, a clear picture of God's goal and his economy. His goal is to dispense himself in Christ into the believers to produce with them and himself, a corporate entity, a divine organism that is his embodiment, manifestation, expression, and glorification. This is what is on God's heart today, and this is what God is determined in his perfect will to accomplish with those who love him, enjoy him, receive him, believe into him, and are one with him and with one another in this tremendous divine organism. Now let's go back to Witness Lee. This vine is also an organism full of life, like the tree of life. Not an organization without life, not too high, too tall, but it's good to propagate life and to multiply life to propagate is to spread life widely and to multiply is to reproduce life do you know any kind of vegetable with life is a matter of propagating and a matter of multiplying Say, you have one grain of wheat, you sow it into the earth, and it grows into 30, 60, 100 grains. And this is propagating, right? And this is also multiplying. And this propagation and this multiplication is to express life for the glorification of the Father. We all have to understand chapter 15 started to say in this way, if you don't try to under this chapter in this way, I tell the truth, you could never get into it. It's so good. The vine tree is not for blossom. No beauty there. I was raised up in a vineyard. Every year I saw <laughs> the grape vine trees there. Nearly I couldn't see the blossom. Ma, the flower, 
all the grapevine tree is so small, nearly no one can see it. And it is altogether not colorful. Not like the cherry blossom. Neither the vine tree is for materials. No, no furniture is made of vine tree wood. It is not for any kind of column, any kind of beam, any kind of post. No <laughs> high building built with the vine tree branches. So the vine tree is only good for bringing forth fruit. It's not good for blossom, not good for material. So the church is the same. If you come to church to have a uh, uh, cherry blossom uh, tour, you could see no blossom. And if you come to church for a selection of good materials to build some building or build some furniture, surely you only get something good for fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all have been, you know what? We all have been <laughs> ruined. We all have been ruined for blossom. We all have been ruined for materials. But <laughs> we have been born for fruit. What is the fruit bearing? This is the overflow of the riches of the inner life. Don't try by your own effort to bring people to Christ. Don't try by any kind of schemes to uh, win the souls. No. To bear the fruit is to overflow the inner life you have within you. All the time you have to enjoy Christ as everything to you, then you will have an abundance of inner life. Out from this abundance of inner life, there is a flow. And this flow will reach others. And this flow will penetrate into others' life. I tell you, and this will bear the fruit. It is not just a gospel preaching. It is not just a kind of soul winning. It has to be the fruit bearing by the overflow of the riches of the inner life. Well, Ron, this picture of the vine in John 15 shows us something else very precious related to our bearing fruit, not by the way of our gospel preaching or by our soul winning campaigns. What is this organic way of fruit bearing shown in John 15? In simple terms, the fruit bearing is the expression of the riches in the life of the vine. As the branches abide in Christ, all that is in Christ as the vine, and remember, the vine is the embodiment of the triune God, all that is in Christ as the vine flows into the branches to be the life and everything to the branches. The branches have a kind of dual connection. On the one hand, the branches receive the rich dispensing of the abundant divine life 
from and within the vine. But God's intention that this life pass through the branches and be imparted to other human beings, making them the receivers and the believers described in John 12 through 13. So the vine does have a particular function, that is to propagate and to multiply. To propagate is to spread widely and prolifically. This is through the growth of the branches, the expansion of the vine. Multiplication is a matter of reproducing through the imparting of life. So here, the commission to preach the gospel is signified not by renting a huge stadium and speaking to a vast number of people, but by each branch abiding in the vine to bear a cluster of grapes. And these grapes really are new believers as the fruit, which testify the glory of the Father's released and imparted life. And to finish this segment, I would point out there's an analogy here between the increase of human beings on the earth and the increase of believers in Christ. The human population has grown just through the normal process of birth. God intends in his economy to propagate and multiply, not by relying on great gospel campaigns, but rather by working through his organism, by flowing his life in Christ into all the branches, so that all the branches will bear fruit, and the totality of the fruit borne by the abiding branches will be a glorification of the Father, because it will be an expression of the rich, abundant, indestructible, reproducing life of our Father God. This is the thought concerning gospel preaching and fruit-bearing in John 15. Two words used in today's program are so important, organism and organization. An organism is something living, where an organization is merely an arrangement of things. In John 15, the grapevine is used as a figure of this wonderful organism. Within the vine tree, we have the tree itself and all its branches. The Lord Jesus said that the vine tree is just himself. He is the tree and we are the branches of this tree. The inner life of the vine, the riches of all that the Father is and has, is manifested by the fruit-bearing of the vine. Hence the vine's fruit-bearing is to express the Father in the Son. The fruit-bearing comes about as the branches abide in the vine and let the vine abide in the branches. We're always happy to hear from you and to answer any questions you may have. We have copies of the recovery version of the New Testament with its accompanying footnotes available. And these are free. We'd love to send you a copy. Our phone number is Hamilton 853 2620. If you'd rather, you can look up Bibles for New Zealand. That's bfnz.org.nz and order a free copy. They also have a phone number, 0800 40 40 80. Join me again next week at the same time, 2.30pm, when we will have the next life study in the book of John. 
Today we close with the hymn, I Have Learned the Wondrous Secret, and it's from the CD, I Come to Thee, Dear Lord. You're listening to Free FM 89.0, a great station supported by New Zealand On Air. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.